Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Freedom Wire, your number one source for patriotic truth. Sean, Connor, and Ryan are here today to talk to you guys about the blatant disrespect by the Biden administration of our men and women in service, uh, what they plan on doing and what they plan on enforcing. Uh, but before we get into that, we're going to wish Grace a speedy recovery. Um, she's still out, but uh, she should be back soon, so we wish her well. But uh, before we get into the actual conversation, do us a favor, like this video, share this video, comment on this video. Do you think Biden backs our military? If so, comment below. If he, if you, or if not. <laughs> um, also, please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already and hit that notifications bell. That way you'll know every time a new episode is up. Also, if you're not a member of Freedom Wire, please become one real easy to do. Put your email or click the link on the bottom right hand side of the screen. Uh, give us your email and we'll start sending stories that are important to conservatives like you and like us and you won't read anywhere else. All right, guys. Um, it's funny. It, I keep liberal friends on my social media just so I can see how they think and, and get into their brain. Well, not that I would unfriend them over their politics because I'm not a snowflake like they are but um you know i like to see what they think and and one of my liberal friends posted a story about how the military is backing biden after his speech to the un and i was dumbfounded i didn't read the article as by the huge leftist uh website um the bipartisan report which is such a misnomer um if you've ever been there don't go it's not worth your time unless you want to punch your computer screen uh the um the fact of the matter is one our, our military has one is it two million i'm pretty sure two million members strong i could be wrong on that number but uh biden wants to enforce all kinds of rules on them now uh, with our new um, NDA, uh, NDAA Act, or the Act, the NDAA 2022 NDAA, and it's, it, it basically, they're, the consensus that I can, I can only come to is that, number one, they don't care about our military, and number two, they don't think they're American citizens. Yeah, the, the new National Defense Authorization Act that they just passed includes a lot of the stuff that we're concerned about. We'll get into, you know, the specifics about that later, but it really does show that they are weaponizing the military as just another arm of the leftist agenda. They've done it with basically every branch of government or culture that they've touched. They've done it with education. They've done it with all three branches of the federal government, every state government they can get their hands on. And it took them a little while to get the right people in the right places in the military, but eventually they had enough Mark Millies and guys like that to start turning the military into their newest form of attack. And what we're seeing, I think we talked about this way back in May, we had an episode on the woke military, I believe, based on Mark Milley's first statement about trying to understand white rage and forcing soldiers to read uh, critical race theory books and stuff. 
we discussed how it, even <laughs> if it's not intended to be, in effect, it is a purge of a certain political ideology from the armed forces so that all that's left are the people who support wholeheartedly the leftist agenda. And that's a little bit of a concern for anyone who doesn't like the idea of the left being able to point a gun at the people of the country. I mean, it's what Stalin did. That's right, I said it. That's what, it's exactly what Stalin did. He got rid of all the people that opposed him, especially his generals. Of course, he had them whacked. I don't think Biden's doing that. But, but the, the, you know, the NDAA or whatever, that he wants to, uh, the way I understand it, he wants to institute uh, man, vaccine mandates in the, if they, in the military, right? And if they don't abide, then they're discharged. Yeah, that's the, the first point we want to get into. Uh, we have an article up that Sean wrote for us on freedomwire.com right now. We'll have that linked in the description as well talking about how one of Biden's demands was basically that anyone who will not comply with the vaccine mandate should be uh, discharged from the military. The Pentagon came back and said, okay, we've included that, but the NDAA says that they will be honorably discharged. They will be given the option to take an honorable discharge and exit the military with full veterans benefits and everything that is due to someone who gets an honorable discharge. The White House responded by saying that they are very unhappy with that and they would prefer a dishonorable discharge. Uh, I believe I have the statement right here from the White House Office of Management and Budget. The administration strongly opposes Section 716, which is the one that the, the Pentagon added to, which would detract from readiness and limit a commander's options for enforcing good order and discipline when a service member fails to obey a lawful order to receive a vaccination. To enable a uniformed force to fight with discipline, discipline, commanders must be able to have the ability to give orders and take appropriate disciplinary measures. Of course, in this context, the disciplinary measures they're talking about are stripping soldiers of all military benefits. So no GI Bill, no VA hospital assistance, everything that would be given to a former soldier, they want them taken, or they want all of that taken away, simply because they don't want a COVID vaccine. And it's it's the first of many egregious things they're doing in the military nowadays, but it really is horrifying that they would want them punished that greatly, because that's the kind of thing that ruins someone's life. Imagine if you're a guy who's been in the military for the last 25 years, and you refuse to take a vaccine, and then receive a dishonor dishonorable discharge. You don't have a career, you made the military your career. And now that life as you knew it is over. Yeah, and it's simply for not wanting to get a shot. All this sacrifice, these people that put their lives on the line. And now Biden wants to remove the benefits that they get for putting their life on the line. Simply because they said, no, I don't want to put something that I don't understand or don't know or we don't really truly understand how this will affect us in the long term uh and 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 that is the reason that that he's giving them because they're choosing to stand up for what could be their own health and he wants to remove the benefits that they earn what kind of a Again, I hate he, he, that's a that's that's a POS move. Mm -hmm. 
That is a blatant POS move. And as I put in my um, in my article, I wonder how his son Bo would feel about doing that to his fellow servicemen. The good Biden. The good Biden. Well, from what I know about him, he seems to be the good Biden, or was in past tense. Or at least the the best of them, according to all available reports. But then again, yeah. in the Biden family, it's not hard to come out looking like a great guy <laughs> when you have dudes like Joe right. and Hunter hanging around. I know, but, I know he does seem to mention, um, well, kind of back to what Biden, you know, and his, his, what we were just, him in the military, he does, he does seem to kind of, I'm going to be delicate with this, but he kind of does talk about his son a lot being in the military when it seems to be kind of convenient for him um and 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 he acts as if he died in the in combat which he did not he died it was very sad the way he died he had, i believe it was it was a uh it was a was some sort of brain, brain cancer yeah yeah but it was but the way he kind of tells it it seems like he was like oh you my son he like died in combat. that's not the same because he was apparently he's been telling the families uh the people that the 13 that died apparently he told some i believe this is what i heard is that he was telling he went on talking about his son and stuff but that you know it's great but his son didn't die in combat like they did like their children did so it's a little yeah, bit biden, different biden loves to do the gold star parent act without when he thinks it will earn him points for something right and you know we talked about this the the day it happened it it's not acceptable or respectful to the loss that has you know happened and that these families have had to endure but it's not like we're sitting here and, you know, wishing death on Joe Biden's children because we disagree with him politically and don't like the things he's done. That's not true at all. And, you know, as we said, by all accounts, Bo Biden was honestly a, a pretty honorable guy. But you would think that a man whose son served with distinction in the military would care about what happens to soldiers a little bit more. And an additional point I wanted to make here is that when you enlist in the military, there is a pretty lengthy list of vaccines that you're required to get. They want troops immunized against a lot of things. So it's not like you can just be across the board anti-vax and expect to do well in the military. This is not the first time a vaccine has been mandated for troops, but it is one of the first times where it's been an experimental vaccine that nobody really knows or has studied the long-term effects of it that's new and for them to just expect everybody to fall in line and be okay with it is really kind of unreasonable particularly when it is as controversial as it is right now but beyond that and beyond the stripping of benefits and the uh full destruction of someone's military career based on this there's also the symbolic aspect of it, of the dishonorable discharge. They are holding people who reject the vaccine in a dishonorable position. They, yeah, there's the practical side of, okay, they don't get benefits and all that stuff, but they are also symbolically being told, like, you have behaved dishonorably by not taking this vaccine, because that's what a dishonorable discharge is for. Like your actions have dishonored your position, you're hereby removed. So for them to put that level of esteem around the act of getting this vaccine really shows how 
intense they are about it and honestly how screwed up their priorities are because it, it's just a shot in the arm i think it's another another way of them this is just a theory but i knowing them and how cynical they are when it's probably not far-fetched isn't this so they they look at the people that deny the vaccine as all being republicans and conservatives and trump supporters so maybe they're assuming that hey the people that are doing this that don't want to take the vaccine in the military maybe that's another way we can purge the military of our for our people and get our just make sure there are people in there that's why even though factually that's not even correct i mean a lot of people in, in society that aren't taking the vaccine are actually african-americans who generally vote democrat but who cares put the facts aside <laughs> and just think how a democrat thinks and in their mind it's only going to be the republicans and we can prove that too yeah we, we can prove that because blm is currently protesting uh vaccine passport mandates mm -hmm. in new york city and a couple other places because I'll hand it over to Sean because he has he's the one who predicted this. It's being uh, applied unequally based on race. There was just an incident at a New York restaurant where three black women and an Asian waitress got into an altercation based on vaccine passports and all that. And now BLM is protesting it. And I guarantee you that the left has no idea how to respond to this. I think I actually <laughs> joked way back at the sort of beginning, or I guess now it's the middle point of this whole thing, that the best way to make it all stop was to have black people come out against lockdowns, vaccine passports, uh, vaccine mandates and all this stuff. Because then when it's black people protesting it, the white liberals who are really driving this movement will be so uncomfortable and afraid of being called racist that they won't be able to push it on anybody anymore. And I feel like we're kind of on our way there. Yeah, it, I, I, I get, I think I started that article a couple of weeks ago when I wrote about that. I was like, I hate, or no, just about the, uh, the incident. I hate to say I told you so, but I don't, I don't hate to say I told you so. I love saying I told you so because you did not listen. We told you that the African-American community was the most unvaccinated next to Asians. It's funny how the, uh, the incident was between an Asian and a, uh, and a black American. And, and the fact of the matter is white America is overwhelmingly more vaccinated than any other minority in, uh, by percentage mm -hmm. uh, in our country. So uh, yes, it is definitely racist. Um, if they're going to say that uh, voter ID is racist, this is just as racist, but more so because of the overwhelming majority of Black Americans that are not vaccinated. Um, but bringing it back to the military, um, it, I also put in that article something that, that makes me nervous. They're getting the free thinkers out of the military by doing this. These are the people that question things and they don't want, they don't want people that question anything. They want drones. That way, when they when they are given the order to come knock on your door and give you the jab forcibly, they have no problem doing it. That way, if they get the order to come knock on your door and say, give me your guns, they have no problem doing it. That is the kind of military they are creating by do by making a call like this. And it's and it's disgusting. And I can see it happening. And if we don't put a stop to it, this is what's this is going to be the path we are going down now to 
to be fair, the military has always wanted mm -hmm. uniformity. Like, there's there's no place for someone who's not willing to fall in line, follow orders. Like, that's not how an effective military runs. Military training programs are essentially <laughs> just to make you into a lethal weapon that does not think for itself. You go where you're told, you kill who they tell you to kill, and you don't really ask questions. But as the left slowly crept into different branches of the military and then eventually like military high command, they started to bring in all these other things of, okay, well, we'll loosen up regulations on, you know, hairstyles and stuff because we feel it's not culturally sensitive to make everyone have the same military buzz cut. And we'll lower standards based on different racial or uh, gender groups because some people are outperforming others and we want to keep it all even. And then once they got that in place, they started to go back to uniformity, only now it's uniformity that almost exclusively benefits the left. And the fact that they are now purging people who are anti-vaccine, or as we'll discuss in a second, who are pro-Second Amendment, that really goes to show that they want people who not only are taught to follow orders, but deep down at a fundamental level actually agree with it and believe it. Because right now, if they were to send the military door-to-door -door collecting guns or forcing vaccines, there's a huge percentage of our troops that would say, no, we're not going to do it, and then have a massive crisis on their hands. Give it a few years and have all the anti-vax pro-gun people purged from the ranks until you have the pro-vax anti-gun people left and suddenly the military and what it's willing to do changes dramatically. Well, and the thing is, the left, they own, we're just, we're less safe because of them. And all areas of society now, now add the military to that list now long-term if they keep getting their way and purging the military like they're instituting woke politics. We see when they had to defund the, uh, the police movement last year, how crime has risen so much. Now we're, you know, why would you join the border patrol now after what's been going on this week? You know, apparently they're whipping people even though they're, even though they're not. But they're being, but they're being accused of doing such stuff. They, they are literally making us less safe. And and this is one where you know I I, I call it out when the Republicans are part of the problem. This is all the left. This is literally all of them. This is all of them right now. And they're making us all less safe long term if they keep getting their way because we've already seen how many people in the police departments are retiring early. Probably gonna in the, in the military now. We just it's just not good. This is not we're not going to be as safe because of them. And that's the thing. All this is costing us our best. You know, the people who actually stand up for true American ideals and stuff like that. We are having, you know, record numbers of cops quit their jobs. We're having military officials resign. And on that specific subject, I want to, you know, uh, to, to quote Saki's favorite term, circle back around to a story we covered a while back which was a uh, Marine Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller, who posted a video uh, breaking with military tradition and calling for accountability for higher ups in the military organization for the absolute disaster that was the Afghanistan pullout. You know, he was, of course, relieved of his command and uh, discharged, lost his, lost basically everything he had built in his military career. And he did that knowing 
or he did the video knowing that was likely going to happen. And then to also touch on the point of, you know, our, our Mark Milley podcast from last week, Mark Milley, on the other hand, can undermine a sitting president, hold sitting meeting or hold secret meetings with Pentagon officials to demand that the military not follow Trump's orders, essentially commit treason. And you, when you compare the two of them, you have two men who were convinced that something terrible was being done, decided to break with military tradition and pursue what they thought was right. But the main difference here is that Scheller did it fully aware that it would cost him his job, likely cost him his command, would get him blacklisted from all the people he had surrounded himself with during his career. Millie did it, not only thinking that he would get to keep his job afterwards, but thinking that he would be congratulated, which is why there was so, so much outrage about it when he totally just you know kept doing his job and pretending like everything was normal and meanwhile the one guy who has lost his job over afghanistan so far was sheller who followed his conscience in much the same way but got completely different consequences and sheller was standing up for actual american values not having our Marines killed overseas is a, something that Americans should kind of all agree on. And if you don't agree on that, maybe you're part of the problem. But he's gone now. This is now a man who no longer has a voice in our military, who is not helping to make decisions, not leading people. He's gone. So all of these things are costing us our best and brightest. The, the people who would stand up for keeping these institutions what they are meant to be. And all that's left is empty leftist shills who will just swallow whatever narrative is put out there. And that's kind of concerning for the future of our safety. This, this drive for equity is, is really terrifying. And it's going to, equity is going to get us equally killed or dead. <laughs> because as long as, like you were just saying at the end there, kind of, we, we military, we need our best to be there. We know we should not ever lower standards. We, if anything, we should raise standards. It should never be lower standards. The fact that people can't even just basic requirements as far as fitness tests, you know, they're trying to make it so, you know, there's been, you know, they've talked they talk about lowering the standards for that. All these different things. It doesn't matter what our military looks like diversity-wise. I want the best ones. I don't care if 100% black, 100% white, 50, 72. I don't care. I, when it comes to war, we need our best fighting. It is, it's just so, I mean, I can't even believe I'm having to say this out loud. Do you, you ever say, you're around guys and just thinking, I never thought I'd have to say this out loud. I've been saying that a lot. Like, I didn't even know this had to be a thing. Like, we want our best people in the military to be our best people. Like, it's like, I didn't think I ever would have to say that out loud. My, my the one, the one that I end up saying a lot is, if this wasn't real life, you couldn't make it up. Like, like you couldn't make up a lot of these stories. Yeah. If it wasn't real, you would be like, oh no, that that's so that's way too far fetched in order to be believable. But yet more and more, what is unbelievable is becoming reality. And and I don't know what's happening. Like like for instance, the other part of the uh, NDAA, which now says that uh, military courts can now refuse gun ownership for uh for active military so if you are in the military you can't own a gun that does not make sense to me and the the problem is the problem is is like you know the advocates will be like oh it's a it's a uh red flag uh detriment you know uh 
derivative or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, it says that they don't have to have a reason other than they want to. And yeah. that is scary because that is a God-given American right. The right to bear arms. Just because you sign up with our U.S. armed forces does not mean you stop becoming an American citizen. Yeah, there, there, there's something to be said there for the fact that when you do sign your name on that dotted line, in effect, you become government property. But at the same time, that doesn't deprive you of human rights. I mean, of course, for as long as there's been a military, there have been government officials who don't really take the individual lives and thoughts of service members into account for things. Because in many ways you can't, you can't think, okay, what is each enlisted person gonna think about this decision? You just make decisions. But now we're seeing spillover with these two things we're talking about into personal lives, personal business that goes beyond military service. And that's where you get into forcing uniformity of thought at the same time that you force people to put on the uniforms. And the part Sean was mentioning, uh, from the NDAA. It's titled The Authority of Military Judges and Military Magistrates to Issue Military Court Protective Orders, which is basically a fancy way of saying uh, military red flag laws, military courts are able to put restrictions on soldiers' ability to own firearms outside of military service. Uh, and of course, they, they predicated on, you know, it's, it's if there's threats or if there's concerns just like with civilian red flag laws. But this bill includes provisions for people to appear before the court and have the issue heard there, but it also contains provisions for ex parte restrictions, which means you don't need to hear about it and they don't need to give you a reason. Just if they see something they don't like, they retain the ability to strip you of gun rights without any actual explanation. And just like with the vaccine thing, like I mentioned, if you are someone who owns many firearms and you happen to go across the wrong internet forum and suddenly a military tribunal has stripped you of the ability to own weapons outside of your service, that's kind of a problem. Because like Sean mentioned, you don't stop being an American citizen with American rights as soon as you become a soldier. And the fact that the government's willing to push that through and then talk about it like it's a good thing really is kind of concerning for where this is all headed. You know, it's really disappointing. I mean, obviously the one thing that going back to Biden, because this is his administration, whether he's a puppet or not, he's still his administration. He's always been a gun gun grabber. That's always the one thing he's always been consistent on. And it's, he doesn't have a spine of anything, but except for when it comes to standing up against gun rights, that's, that's about it. So it's not that surprising, but it's just, it's really, this administration is, is, is combined incompetence and then just sinister actions. That's not, I mean, there's like two things. He's like both. I mean, it's just, it's amazing to me every day, like how he, he likes to punish his enemies. Like he views these certain people in the military as enemies. Look what he's doing to Floridians. Look what he's doing to people like us in Florida with the antibody treatments. That he's not he's he's shutting that off because he doesn't like DeSantis. That's very obvious. Like he's a very vicious person. Like in every I don't know where this like we all, every always you know he's cute old Uncle Joe. You know hey he's gonna 
got to give you a, you know a fist bump or whatever and just say hello and like he's but he's not he's a jerk <laughs> turns out he's the nasty creepy uncle from every family who smiles and acts nice at family reunions but everybody knows not to leave people alone in a room with him yeah because he'll sniff them inappropriately yeah but it's just it's, yeah. just, it's infuriating to see that that to see him just his administration of course if we had some actual journalists we'd see who's actually doing the work behind the scenes but but for now it is his administration so i mean it's his name stamped on all the documents right. that have the horrible things on them so at this point, the buck stops stops with him. Right. And of course, they're quick to try to push it on to literally anybody else. But there's only so many things you can blame on Trump before you eventually start to realize that Trump had nothing to do with any of that. He's been gone for nine months now, going on ten, and eventually somebody who's in charge now is going to have to start answering for all the things they're doing wrong. Yeah. It's a disgraceful presidency. This is disc- that's what I wrote about that. I wrote that in an article today. This administration is a disgrace to our country. That's oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And everybody can see that. Yeah. And it's reflected in the fact that poll numbers now have Biden pulling a lower approval rating than Trump. Trump's approval rating since leaving office has only gone up two points. He's at roughly 48%. But Biden's has been tanking so aggressively over the last two months that he is now lower than Trump. Trump goes up a little bit, Biden goes down a lot, and suddenly Trump is a more popular president than Biden. You know, it's amazing to me, the best way I could sum up this presidency so far is France pulled their ambassador from what? France! Like, I know they're back now, they, they made up or whatever, but it, they've been our friend since the Revolutionary War. They're our first ally, and he managed to get pissed off the French. Like, you get, and they, oh. Joe Biden, man. Joe. Well, I mean, Biden. look at who who he did it on behalf of. It was Australia. You have <laughs> Australia with their essentially a police state created for COVID now. Um, so it's a little weird that Biden would be like, "Yeah, let's give them nuclear submarines and you know see what comes of that." I'm sure that won't be that's a negative use or anything. 46 presidents, and he's the first one to have to say. I don't know. I, I guess I'm a little... I like this story. I don't like the story, but I, I'm just very amused by it. That, <laughs> I can't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Right now. France? They pulled their ambassador? For, really? Yeah. It's just really goes to show how much of a disgrace Biden is in all aspects. He's been wrong on foreign policy. He's been wrong on domestic policy. He's been wrong on energy and economy and everything in between this is the guy we have in charge this is all the stuff he's done wrong and it's only been nine months we have him for another three years and three months maybe Uh, i want you guys i want you guys to look up the peter principle and this is over the peter principle is a uh a a a, i want to say it's an economically based theory that people can get will get uh, promoted to the job that they are uh, up, up until a point till they reach the job that they're incompetent at. Biden, Biden has been incompetent since he's been in that White House. How he got the VP job, I have no idea. How he, he got 81 million votes, I have no idea. But 
according to the Peter principle, he has been incompetent at that job. I don't know how he did as a Senator because I didn't pay attention. I do know he got plugs. Um, <laughs> other, yeah. than, other than that, uh, you know, I do know that he failed to run for president in the eighties because he lied. You know, this guy has been an abject failure at everything he's done, but he's managed to continue to get the people to vote for him. Simply, I have, you know, based on him being a cool guy. Um, I don't know. I don't know how this is what America has been reduced to is going with the nice old grandpa guy now. Who's not even nice. The guy that tweets. Who's not even nice after all this. After Now we're finding out he's not even a nice grandpa. Yeah, I mean, like, come on, Democrats. I'm not saying you had to cross the aisle and vote for Trump, but you couldn't have voted for somebody better than Biden. Because here's the thing. If Biden won the 2020 election by totally legitimate means, and that's a, a pretty debatable point in and of itself, but let's say hypothetically he won there was no fraud that had nothing to do with the outcome he won totally legitimately that means all 81 million people who voted for him need to own up to the fact that they voted for this because none of these are surprises none of this was something that happened and we were like oh i totally never saw that coming you can go back even through our old episodes leading up to the election every time we talk about biden we raise most of these points most of his day one executive actions, he talked about leading up to it. He promised that. We said he was going to do it. He did it. It had exactly the consequence we said that was going to happen. We, we've gone from the podcast talking about double standards to the podcast talking about we told you so's. So if Biden was elected legitimately, everyone who helped get him there has to own up to the fact that this is what they voted for. We knew who this guy was. We knew what he was going to do. We knew what the consequences would be, and yet here we are. And that's and if, not our fault. No, if you think they're he's angry our president, now, but we didn't vote for him. If you think they're angry now, wait until tax time next year. Yeah. I was just going to say real quick on the economic front that we didn't even get into his anti-capitalist speech last week. But he's not a capitalist. He says he's a capitalist. That's a joke. He, he, that's just a joke. We could, that, we could do a whole podcast on that maybe in the future. Cause I think, I, I think we will, that'll that probably be our next horrible. episode. Yeah. That speech was absolutely, it was awful. It was yeah. awful what he was saying. Yeah. Between his UN speech and his speech on capitalism, we, we know exactly what kind of guy this is. If we didn't know before, and it's not a good one. It's not a good look for us. It's not a good look for him. And it's not going to be good for anybody down the road. But that is a topic for another episode. So if you want to make sure you don't miss out on that, be sure to do all the stuff Sean said at the top. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, hit the bell notifications button so that you get notified every time we post something. Never miss an episode. Also, like he said, head on over to freedomwire.com. Check out the website. Uh, read our articles. Subscribe to the email service. We have a lot of stuff over there that sometimes we don't even get to on the podcast. And it's definitely stories that the mainstream leftist media does not want you to hear about. So be sure to check us out over there. Also, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your listening material. Go over there, uh, search Freedom Wire Podcast, give us a download and follow along. Take us with you on the go. Now, kick it over. Fellow patriots, do you have any closing words for the people of America as we 
wind to a close this week? It's Boris Johnson's fault. <laughs> my, yeah, you know my <laughs> name. <laughs> Look at it. That's it. When in doubt, final words for the week uh, for the for the uh, podcast. We told you so. <laughs> we told you so. We don't say that to be condescending, but take it as you will, because we did tell you. We told you a lot. Go back and watch the episodes, and you will see that we told you. Tell but you. Tell with you. those with those wise words, I'll, I'll leave with the quote that Trump likely would have given us if he was still able to tweet. Miss him yet? Because we do. Things were things were better, even if you didn't like him. Things were Demo- better back then. And always remember, Democrats are losers. Losers. But on that note, people of America, we will leave off for the week. Have a safe weekend. Stay free. God bless. <laughs>